welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Hey, Alyssa, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Thanks so much for having me. This is fun today. It is. So you're in Hawaii. Yes, we are. Where you and your husband live. Yeah, we live in Maui. So it's really early this morning. So I'm still like (laughs) opening my eyes. Well, you look very cute for it being early in the morning there. So we're going to kind of talk about everything. We were covering everything before we started recording and we were like, yeah, let's just talk about all the things. But you do have a book coming out, Satisfied, uh, Finding Hope, Joy, and Contentment Right Where You Are. And oh man, I think we need that Mm -hmm. more than ever. Well, it's funny because I wrote the book before COVID even happened and then right when COVID hit, my publisher was like, you know, this isn't the book I was hoping for. Let's rewrite it. So I had to rewrite the whole book and just use like the bare bones of it. But it was so cool because I feel like the lessons I had been learning that the Lord had put on my heart the year before were, were just like, then they could be formed with this outlook of what do we do now when we're in a pandemic and we've lost a lot of things and life doesn't look normal and how do we still stay satisfied in the Lord? And so, yeah, I think, man, I think without COVID, we need this message. And I think we have lost so much and we've really been kind of like, okay, let's go to the bare bones. And what do I find purpose in? What, how do I find hope in my everyday when sometimes the days look the same every day or Mm -hmm. when I can't do the things I used to do? the things I used to go to, to find satisfaction. Where did, how does the Lord meet me there? Yeah. You wrote the book and then had to rewrite it. Yes. What I did. was that like? That sounds Thankful. awful. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one of those things that I'm sure you can relate where I wrote the book and no one had read it except for my dear friend who helped me like outline it and was kind of going back and forth with edits. And so you just feel naked. You're like, is this any good at all? Like, are people going to relate? And so then you send it in and you're like, okay, I did it. Like I did something like so hard. I did it. And then to have them not be satisfied with it. <laughs> so And the name of the um, book is Satisfied. <laughs> right. It's kind of like a, a running joke with this book. But you know what? It was so, I'm so glad that happened because I feel like one, when I first had wrote it, I felt like I was writing out of a lot of stress. Like, mm. you know, I have three little kids at home and we're really busy with our lives. So I felt like okay, I have to write this book in this time and da, 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 da. And like, I'm so stressed. I can't get it done. And it just was not the right spirit. And so when I got to redo it, I just felt like the Lord gave me a second chance. And it was Mm. like, okay, like I get to do this and I get it and I can do really hard things, which I think I needed to learn that lesson, like get a little, I know it's going to sound weird, but grit in the Lord, like the Lord is my strength. I have the spirit. He is going to help me. And I just had to really rely on him. Like, Lord, just tell me what to write. I just want to write only what you have to say. And so it was, I'm really grateful. I feel like it built my muscles of like, I can do hard things. We can do hard things because we have a great God who Mm -hmm. is with us in it. So I was grateful for the opportunity. I can't tell you how often 
I say that to myself right now. So I'm in the midst of writing the first draft of my manuscript. And I feel like half of the times I sit down, I go, I can do hard things. Yeah, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can write this book because yeah. I don't know that people know how hard it is to write a book. Oh, yeah. Unless you've done it. Yeah, I know. It is. Well, it's like your. I don't even know how to describe it. No, it's, it's, you it's your like heart on the paper. Yes. Right. And if you have anything else going on in your life, even if it's something, if it's raising kids or running a business or both, it's just like the world is so noisy and you really have to quiet your mind in order to write the words that God wants you to write. And I totally resonate with that and writing from a place of stress versus writing from a place of rest and kind of like, okay, God, like this is your book. You help, like you write it. I'll be the medium. It's hard. That's I have a lot of people in my DMs sometimes that are like, I want to write a book. You know, can you help me get started? And I'm always like, okay, you need to know this is one of the hardest things you're going to do because writing a book sounds really romantic and it is, and it's exciting. And especially if it's been something you've wanted to do for a really long time, but it's so hard. <laughs> yes, totally. I totally get it. And then when you're an author, you're like, I get to do it again. <laughs> And again, I know, and again. I know. I've definitely, to be totally honest, had moments where I'm like, I don't want to do this again. Like, I don't want to write another book, but I will. And it'll be great. Your book is about contentment and satisfaction. And one of the first things that you really hone in on with that is like comparison and social media and specifically how that relates to friendship. So can you like tell us a little bit about what you wrote about that? Yeah, well, lots of different things. Um, within that. But I think as women, man, like we are living in a very unique time where we see everybody's lives on display and all their highlights. And I think women in general, we, I, I think everyone does, but especially women, we just struggle with comparison. Like it is, you know, you may like defeat it in one aspect and then it comes around in a whole nother way in a way that's unexpected. And it's with our best friends. Sometimes it's with my husband, I can compare myself with people on social media. And so it really is a trap that we can fall into. And then friendships as women and pe people, like we need friendships, we need community. We were made out of community for community. We are made stronger in community where shame has gone away in community. Like it is so important. And of course the enemy would not want nothing else than to just like sneak in there and bring disunity and insecurity and all those things so that we're not as unified. And, and so those are all real things that we as women struggle with and the era that we just live in. And so, yeah, I wrote a lot of things. I wrote one chapter is the trap of comparison and just how that was such a struggle when I moved to Maui and trying to find where's my place, who are my friends. And then you're having, I was having babies. And so I just, my hormones were out of whack. So it was just a lot of things, but I still fall into it just so unexpectedly. And mm -hmm. the one thing that I've really learned that the Lord is continually teaching me is one is to really talk to the Lord. And when there's someone that I'm comparing myself to, which is usually my closest people, I don't know why mm -hmm. it's asking the Lord, Lord, help me to see them as you see them. Will you give yeah. me your heart for them? And mm -hmm. as I start to pray for them, and as I start to hear what the Lord has to say about them, man, that wall just falls down. And instead of like me versus them, or I'm not good enough, or wow, look at all they do. And I feel so insecure next to them. I get so excited of like, wow, Lord, look how you made them and look at your heart mm. towards them. And I just want to love them and learn from them and 
like really cheer them on in the journey yeah. that you have for them. Like it just, the walls totally fall. And it's like, you just mm-hmm. see with the eyes of the Lord. And then the other thing to do when we're comparing is to stop that thought right away. Cause the reality is like, we will have those thoughts. Those are temptations. Mm-hmm. Like those are natural to our human self, but to stop it right away and not let it go further and instead to give thanks. So like I may be at church, let's say, and I see a girl walk in, a, mo- a young mom, which is, I'm a young mom. And she looks so cute that day. Her kids are just like sitting so quietly beside her in church while my kids are like Cheerios everywhere. One <laughs> needs to be taken out, whatever it may be. And I could easily be like, wow, like my life is hard and my kids are crazy. And look how beautiful she is. She's so poised and put together and all, you know, any of those things that we think of, right? But just stopping that thought right away and being like, Lord, thank you that she's here today. And thank Mm. you that I get to have a mom friend that she, I'm sure she has things that she understands that we are like, and thank you that she is loving her kids and that they're being quiet today. So she can just be fully present and enjoy the service, you know, like just, that's just a very small example, but when you start to start to give thanks, it really brings that wall down of comparison. But I think in order to give thanks, we kind of have to start with, Lord, who do you say they are? Like, what are their giftings? What do you want to tell them? Like, what's your heart towards them? Those are really big things. And I think it's, we will probably struggle with those things all throughout our lives in different seasons. And so continually like coming to the Lord with those things. I love what you said about seeing people through a lens of Jesus, because it really does change everything. Because I think if you're considering the opposite of viewing someone through the lens of Jesus, viewing them through the lens of comparison, all that does is make you look at them kind of like bitterly and yourself. Like you can't be comparing yourself to someone else and be thinking good things about yourself and be believing what God says about you or about them. And so with any like comparison, competition, friendship in general, difficult seasons in your friendships, being able to kind of, I think of it as, as I'm such a cheesy analogy person, but you remember those little like viewfinder things you would look at and you would like mm-hmm. click the side and like a different picture would come through. Like yeah. I think of life like that and how much better my life is when the, the viewfinder is clicked love and seeing people the way Jesus sees them and that they are not my enemy. They are not a threat to me. I am not any better or less because of who they are versus the like really ugly lens of like, you know, because that comparison is such a small word, I think, to describe something that can become so big because it can grow into what I'm doing doesn't matter or like what they're doing is wrong or because it makes me feel threatened. So it's just like, it's such an ugly monster that I've watched and experienced just take over friendships. Oh, a thousand percent. And, um, and as you're talking, even I'm like, oh, but that's not the father's heart, right? Exactly. He's so kind to them and is so kind to us. And mm-hmm. it is an ugly monster, but it's an ugly monster that we all struggle with in different ways. And yeah. a lot of times it's hard to even talk about. Cause it's like, I don't want to, like, I can't tell them that right. this is one of my mind. And so it really is like coming to the father and confessing again and asking him for forgiveness and like, giving thanks. It's like a practice that we have to um, shift in our mind. Like what we behold, what we think really does matter um, with how our lives play out. Absolutely. So another thing that you write about is that life isn't easy. Like that God didn't promise that once you become a Christian, everything becomes easy and awesome. And 
you have some life experiences that you share in the book. And I think I can, I'll be honest. I tend to be like one of the loudest proponents of like, God never promised us life would be easy, but I still have my moments where I'm like, what the heck God, like, is is everything supposed to be this hard? Like, is this much stuff supposed to happen when I'm walking with you? And that the reality is, is that it's his presence that he's promised us. Like how, how have you experienced that? Oh my goodness. Yes. (laughs) I think too, like for me, I am really idealistic. (laughs) So I think that life should play out in a certain way. And I really love peace. Like I am a nine on the Enneagram. So I don't like conflict. I was an only child. So having multiple kids is like, oh, wow. Like they fight. (laughs) This is a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This is a lot for me. Um, and, and then also like, honestly, I really like my comfort. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I like to be wrapped in my blanket, watching my Netflix shows and, um, just having life be easy. And you're so right. The reality is life is not easy. God never said that it would be. He actually told us that it would be hard and that there would be trouble, but he said he would be with us, just like you mm-hmm. said. And I think a quote that I've been clinging to this last season, Elizabeth Elliot said that joy is not the absence of trouble. It's the presence of God. Amen. And so I think that's the beauty of the gospel is that Jesus came to us and in the mm-hmm. midst of hard, in the midst of heavy, in the midst of really uncomfortable and trying and stretching. He is with us. He goes through the valley with us and he ministers to us each day. And it's not just like, okay, I'm going to be with you and then you should have it all together. It's like every day his mercies are new. His faithfulness is with us. And a couple of years ago when I was actually writing the book, Jeff and I went through probably the hardest year we've had so far and not in our marriage. It was more just like in business and in life and with relationships and it felt like we were climbing this mountain and I was just like rock climbing, like barely hanging yeah. out with fingers and, you know, like the whole year. And I was like, Lord, I'm so tired. I don't want, I don't think I can go anymore. Like you just, it seems like we, we have one hard conversation and we think we're okay. And then like two weeks later, we have another hard conversation and something else comes out and it's like, ugh, like this. And I kept saying all through the year, playing through my mind, this is so hard. My life mm-hmm. is so hard. And it's like, yes, the reality is this was really hard, but I felt the spirit nudge me and say, Alyssa, you need to change your mindset. And instead of saying, this is so hard all the time to replace it with hope, the same four letter word, both starting with H, but instead of saying hard, say hope. I will hope in the Lord. The Lord Mm. is my hope. I will trust in him. He is with me so I can wait expectantly that he is going to show up. And that one song was really popular that year, Another in the Fire, that worship yep. song. Mm-hmm. And that's totally like so many people, so many friends would write me or encourage me and say, the Lord really gave me this song to tell you, or the Lord is walking through the fire with you. And I told the kids that story last week um, during our Bible time and their eyes were just lit up. Like, you know, it's like the King, like put the cranked the fire, like times, however many, four times. Mm-hmm. I forgot that he had wrapped him up in ropes and threw him in. And the soldiers that threw them in got burned and died. Yeah. The ropes were taken off. They were walking with Jesus. And when I said, Jesus is in there with them, the kids were just like, oh, no way. Oh, I know. And it's like, that's the picture of our life. Like yeah. we will go through and not every season will be hard. Praise the Lord. Like 
But I remember my youth pastor always said, if you're not walking through something hard right now, it's because you just came out of it or you will be soon. And not to like be foreboding, but it's just the reality that we live on earth that's fallen. We're fallen creatures and there's a battle going on. And Mm -hmm. so, but within that battle, God has already won the battle. The Lord is with us. He gives the armor to bear with it. And he is our hope when times are so hard and he is with us each morning, Mm -hmm. his mercies are new. And so, yeah, like the Lord, there is hope despite the really hard and the heavy. And I think it's probably good for people to hear someone who is like in consistent ministry, who it's not that you, you and Jeff present your lives as picture perfect by any means, but kind of like going back to what we were talking about with comparison, it's really easy to be like, they freaking live in Hawaii. Their life is perfect. You know what I mean? And I love what you said about your youth pastor, that if you're not, if like things aren't hard right now, you're coming out of it, or you might likely going into it. Like we're coming out of a really hard season with like lots of sickness. And like you were saying, it wasn't our marriage. It was like, I always think of it as I would rather face hard things together than the hard things be between the two of us. And we've had both, you know, (laughs) but what brought me so much peace was looking at the life of Paul who was like beloved by the father and the dude had the roughest life shipwrecked arrested beaten back in prison another shipwreck like it was just thing after thing and I because I think sometimes we can think hard seasons mean God's mad at us mm-hmm. or we've done something to deserve that yeah. and sure there are like natural consequences for your sin sometimes but that okay, if I can look at the life of Paul and he went through it, mm-hmm. but always had hope and never stopped proclaiming the truth of who God was and what Jesus had done, then like, okay, I can do the same. Yeah. And I think, but when you think about it too, almost all the people in the Bible, right. <laughs> were really hard trying times. Like I was just reading Lamentations today and isn't it Jeremiah? And he was called the weeping prophet. And yeah. he t- about like, Lord, look at this bitterness. Like, have you forgotten me? But then he says, but I will call this to mind and therefore Mm -hmm. I have hope. And I think that's the thing. Sometimes even as we're talking, it can be easy to say like, well, I, how can I even muster hope right now? Like Mm -hmm. I am in the dark pit. And I think that's the beauty of Jesus is that he's the one that gives hope. And it's as we put our mind on him. It's as we Mm -hmm. seek him with our doubts, like, Lord, I am on my knees, so broken. I do not know what to do. My life is so difficult right now. Like I'm grieving so much, but I will call to mind who you are. And what it says is that you are faithful to me, that Mm -hmm. your love is steadfast and it is not going anywhere. So, and you are my portion. I get you. And so Mm -hmm. that is my hope. I may not feel hopeful. I may feel like, you know, it's a wrestle and it's like our feelings follow what is true. It may take a while to feel hopeful and to be able to like start walking with a little more strength here and there, but it's like the Lord gives us hope. That is the promise. Right. We don't have to muster it up. No, no. It's just turning our eyes to Jesus and crying out to him again. And sometimes that's every morning and sometimes it's every hour. (laughs) Sometimes it's every half hour and just be like, Lord, I need you. Please help Mm -hmm. me. You are my hope. That is, I'm trying to sit here. I mean, I don't know the Bible front to back by any stretch of the imagination, but I think you'd be hard pressed to 
call to mind a biblical character that had just a super idyllic, right, easy life, like mm-hmm. from Adam and Eve to like first job, like the whole thing, uh, right? And and but they all. That's one of my favorite things about David. David's one of my very favorite like scriptural characters that I personally think David had like some form of depression Mm. because, because I've struggled with that. And I resonate with David a lot where he's like, everything is terrible. Why have you forsaken me? This Mm. is the worst. And then the next chapter is, or the next verse is like, I will sing of your goodness forever. Mm. Like you have never left. Like he's going from, why have you forsaken me to you have never left or forsaken me. And if that is not the human condition, I don't know what is. But I think that's the coolest thing is that in right. the midst of our feelings of sorrow and struggle and anger, we can co- we can just come to the Lord messy and just right. say, be honest with him. And he meets us there. Like our wrestle and our anger and our struggle is not too much for him. And it's no. there that he meets us and it's just like constant, like, okay, right. like, I'm going to just be so kind and tender and remind you of truth. I will fill yeah. you with hope. And I think that's, that's the Lord I want to serve. Right. <laughs> not he's not to, like, he's not again. up there. Right. He's not up there. Like again, we're doing, we're doing this again. Right. Like, do <laughs> right. you not remember who I have been? Like, I think we, we put God in a box of how we might respond to someone who acts like we do yes. when the reality, like God is so much so removed from the human condition and human responses and that he's always kind and always good and always giving us more, more than, than what we deserve. Hope included, you know, grace included. It never runs out. It never runs dry. Cause there are times where I'm struggling and I'm like, again, we're doing this again, you know, like with myself, (laughs) but that doesn't feel that way. Right. Well, and I think that's, you hit it right on the head like we do it with ourselves we do it with people we do it with our kids mm-hmm. and I'm just so much of how the Lord Lord's heart is so much more kind than I realize and know and yes so I'm talking him like Lord just teach me show me how kind and tender you are and that's yeah. what I want to be with myself that's what I want to be with my friends with my kids and um it's yeah it's like putting off that condemnation that shame and being curious like Lord, what, like, what are you trying to teach me? Like, why am I struggling with this again? Not in a condemning way, but like, oh, there's more here. Like, yeah. keep, keep like purging me of it. Keep right. <laughs> like, show me what's in there so that I can be made whole and holy. And yeah, we're kind of, we're talking about being critical with ourselves. And that's actually another thing that you talk about in the book is body image and that God created our bodies and they're incredible. And that that is something that you have struggled with, like being critical with yourself and with your body specifically like how have you moved from dissatisfaction to satisfaction with your body yeah great question I you know I'm like tell me the things because I don't know (laughs) (laughs) truthfully I have not arrived like it is still a battle that I fight I fight it less but I still fight it for sure and if you know I didn't really I don't think I wrote about it in the book so much but I struggled with the eating disorder for like six years through high school and college and really had destructive thoughts of my body. Talk about comparison. Like Mm. every girl that I knew, my friends or people that just walked by me, I would compare my body to them feeling like I had to be 
like so-and-so in order to be beautiful or to get the guy or whatever. And it really became a control issue for me. Mm. Like when my life felt out of, out of control, then this is the one thing that I thought I could control. And the Lord healed me through mentors and community and his word and really like completely transforming my thought life. Like every time I had that thought, nope, I'm going to just cap, cap that. And what's yep. God's taught me? What does he say? But then in the book I wrote about when I was pregnant with our youngest, Lucy, it was my fourth pregnancy. I had miscarried before and I was pregnant again. And here, you know, I write in the book, like I'm kind of, I think I was on the beach or at a pool. And so I have my huge belly in my bikini and like my body is not the same. There's stretch marks. My eyebrows haven't been tweezed, my toenails, (laughs) all these things. And I felt so much guilt because here I had miscarried a baby. I was pregnant again. The Lord gave me another baby and I hated how Mm. my body was changing. I gained so much weight at the beginning and the the doctor didn't help. She like, when I went to see her, she, she just didn't have much bedside manner. So she was like, oh, I'm concerned about how much weight you gained this week. And she just asked me like, what do you eat? Like, do you even exercise? And it just felt so, as somebody who... Mm has struggled in with that. And then let alone, like I was pregnant and my body's changing. And I just like, her voice was in my head, the rest of the pregnancy. And so it really was like, man, Lord, like I thought I had victory over this area. I thought I knew who I was in you. And here I am battling this all over again and extra guilt because it's like, I should just be rejoicing that I have a growing human. Like you gave this gift to me. And so it really was coming before the Lord and just like, (laughs) It was a, a journey. It wasn't like a one moment thing. It was like no, every yeah. day preaching truth myself, like being thankful, like, Lord, thank you for this gift. Help me to see my body through your eyes. Like, look at what you're doing. Look at what my body can do. Like, this is amazing. And I'm not going to condemn my body because it's not like it was, or it's not like so-and-so, or because it's not maybe growing at the rate that a doctor thinks it should be growing at. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to choose to give thanks each day and to see my body as a vessel. Like I, I'm a vessel. I can't control things like you are working in me and moving in me. And I just want to give thanks that you've allowed me to bear another child. And I think it does need to be talked about because especially in pregnancy, that's not as talked about a lot because there's like guilt and shame there. And, Mm -hmm. and the reality is our bodies change, whether we have kids or not, as we get older, things just sag more. (laughs) They like, they there's just things that happen and move and change in women's bodies. They're always changing. And I didn't write this in the book, but I just recently had like a retreat with some really sweet friends and my dear friend, Elisa Keaton, she runs revelation wellness. And okay. Yes. You're smiling. She's amazing. And the Lord has just used her in a big way. I started doing her videos after I had Lucy. Anyway, the Lord's used her in a big way to bring transformation to my life, like a deeper healing, a deeper yeah. way seeing myself as the Lord sees me. And so we did this workout together and the whole time she was quoting first Corinthians 12 about how, like it talks about how the Lord bore, like he went to the cross because the joy set before him. Mm -hmm. And she kept saying over and over, you are the joy. You are the joy set before him. He died for you. You are his joy. I mean, she must've said it like 30 times. Yeah. So you go through her workout and then at the end you do stretching and I was doing the child's pose and she was talking, she was preaching that like, you are the joy of the Lord. Like he loves you. He went to the cross for you. And I just 
wet. Even as I'm uh-huh. talking, I get goosebumps. I know, I'm a little teary. <laughs> I could not get off that floor. I spent 10 minutes just weeping. And it was like, for the first time, probably since I was seven or eight, when I started to think that my body wasn't good enough, mm-hmm. I saw myself through Jesus' eyes. And he took me back to like the basketball court when I was like a little girl and just playing for fun. And it was like, he was right there with me. He's like, and just looked at me. and was like, I have so much joy in you. You mm. are my daughter. And so I feel like the Lord like broke something in me where I got to go back to like that childhood innocence before yeah. I compared my body with others' bodies and just be like, Lord, you gave me this body and you love me. And this is a vessel but like you're after my heart. And so whatever my vessel looks like, I want to just enjoy you. Mm -hmm. And I want to bring the praise back to you. And so it was Mm -hmm. like this, a really, like probably one of those moments I'll never forget in my life. Yeah, life-changing. Yeah. Uh, Why do we always have to weep in the life-changing moments? Like I I think back to the like two or three ones, it's just messy. Like it's just (laughs) snot and like just the whole thing. But- But thinking about, I am the joy set before the Lord, no matter what I look like. Mm -hmm. It's not dependent on the size of my jeans or whether I've worked out that day. This is actually something that talking about body image this month. And one of the things that we're talking about a lot is sometimes the message we can get even from Christians when it comes to our health is like being a good steward of your body and like that your body is a temple, which is true. But one of the things that we've kind of uncovered is that beating yourself up and hating your body and therefore like punishing your body, whether it's how you eat or how you work out, that's not being a good steward of your body either. And no, and that, that you're not living in the fullness of what Christ has accomplished. And you're not the, you know, walking towards the being who God created you to be, if all of your energy is focused on like, almost like um, if all of your energy is focused on being a good steward of this holy vessel, mm-hmm. like look at how much you're missing. Like, look at the work that you're, the work set before you and the good works that you're missing. And I think for women, especially, and I've walked through seasons of that. And I know you have as well of like being obsessed with what my body looks like. And then it's like, we put this weird Jesus spin on it. And we almost convince ourselves that Jesus gave me this body. So like, I need, it needs to look like tip top shape. So it's okay that I'm obsessing about it this way. And it's just not. Mm -hmm. And what a way to like skew the truth. Right. Right. I do think for me as someone who deprived her body and worked out out of fear, everything was out of fear. Mm-hmm. think like, oh, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm, I need to be a good steward. To me, that really helped me to, instead of to work out of fear, it was like, oh, I get to take care of what God's mm-hmm. given me. But it's true. It can still slide into the like, but it needs to be perfect or it needs to look like this to show everybody that I'm being a good steward. Yes. Which really is like a heart issue, right? Like a changing our brain and our mind and mm-hmm. to know that the Lord gave us each different bodies in different seasons to glorify him. And he thinks you're so beautiful as you are. And it's just like so much culture like seeps in, like what, what they thought was beautiful 50 years ago, we don't think is beautiful now. And so it's like, really go back to the 
the Bible and like, Lord, what do you say is beautiful? What mm-hmm. do you say about me and how you created me? And really a brain changing our brain. It is. <laughs> as God sees us. Well, and like what you said about culture, if we are defining beauty and keeping the, the bar of what's beautiful by culture, it is going to change every six minutes. Mm-hmm. Like personally, I'm built more like Marilyn Monroe than yeah. I am Gwyneth Paltrow, right? <laughs> like I am five, two, I'm built curvy. And that's like culture, like that's going to come back around. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause like, yeah. just like bell bottoms are back. Culture has no <laughs> idea what it's doing ever. And like, things are constantly changing. And so right. if I am defining, if I am beautiful or not by what cult, the bar that culture has set, mm-hmm. that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I think it goes right back to where we started in this conversation of mm-hmm. not comparing ourselves with who we think is beautiful. Like, right. you know, like everyone is beautiful. Everyone exactly. is the image of God. He made us all unique to tell a story and to glorify himself. And so ha- asking ourselves to see others as he sees them and also mm-hmm. to give us his eyes of how he sees us. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm learning so much right now too about our body and like what to pay attention to it. Yeah. And like even areas like, wow, what don't I like about myself? And to put your hand on that area and just be like, Lord, what do you say about this? Like, mm. thank him for it. Like, thank you that you gave me whatever, like for me, I've always been focused on my thighs and like wanting them to be smaller. And it's like, oh no, like, Lord, thank you that you gave me these thighs, that they're strong, that I mm-hmm. can kick mountains, that I can kick balls, that you made me more bulkier in that area so that I can do things that I really love. And like, right. you know, just acknowledging those parts and mm-hmm. really giving thanks to them and how the Lord made you individually to tell a story. I love that. So coming off of body image, there are recipes in this book. Yes. Which I love. Like I wanted, I need that story. Why are there recipes in this book about being satisfied? Okay. Well, I, so years ago when Shauna Nyquist's book, Bread and Wine came out, Mm -hmm. I just loved it. I was like, oh, it has, it was like the first book. I feel like that was like a book of essays with recipes. And so Mm -hmm. I always have kept that book close to my with like with my cookbooks and so I'll pull it out and I think a few years ago I was like oh I want to make her very crisp and so I was making it and I started to read the essay that goes along with it I'm like oh I just was so encouraged I love that and I think the whole book started with I saw myself as like here the Lord had answered so many of my prayers like just what you said I lived in Hawaii I had a husband I had kids like all these dreams I had and yet I still was struggling with feeling empty or like dissatisfied Mm. and looking to fill myself up in different areas. And I would numb out, I would scroll my phone, I would fall into the trap of comparison. And I just wanted to give women, I think we're so, we love beauty and we love pictures. And that's why sometimes I go on Instagram or Pinterest, because I just want to see beauty. Yeah. Um, And so I wanted women to give something for women where one, the book kind of stays with them more. Like I said, just reading and putting on your shelf. It's like a coffee table book or pulling it out. Yeah. And it's just smart marketing. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of scrolling your phone and maybe coming away feeling less than or empty or like, oh, I can't afford that or I don't have that. Pulling out the book and seeing like, oh, let's look behind the picture. Like, let's Mm -hmm. see where the Lord has met me and where the Lord meets you and how he's with you right now. And he is present with you. And 
And so that was part of it, like to be able to pull out that book while you're cooking and read that story. Yeah. But then another thing is we Becky's just really like to eat. My husband yeah. loves to feast on like a little too much. Um, <laughs> really valued the table. And I feel like all of our spiritual formations are around the table, Bible reading, memory verses, catechisms, like talking about our hearts, how, what was your high, what was your low today? And Mm -hmm. we love having people around the table. And I feel like when you invite people to come into your home and just provide them with a meal, whether it's takeout or a Costco heated up pizza or something that you cook, I feel like it's just this intimacy is made and like the walls are broken down and you feel welcomed. And it's so Mm -hmm. satisfying to have people in your life and to have them around the table and have those conversations and it's satisfying when you make a meal that's easy <laughs> that everyone <laughs> loves. Like when right. I, oh, know, it's the, that is such a win. It's such a win. Or like when my kids really want chocolate, chocolate chip cookies and I find a healthy one and they love it. And I can be like, oh yeah, have five cookies. Cause they're There's healthy zucchini in there. Right. <laughs> and they're like, mom, you're the best. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. So, um, I think food is a huge satisfying thing that brings community. And so I just wanted to provide recipes, inspiration for people to have people over. If they have a new mom in their life, you know, sometimes it can be like, oh, I want to serve them, but I don't know how I feel pressure. It's like, here's an easy meal, your go-to, just make it for Mm -hmm. them. It'll be easy. They'll feel so blessed by it. You'll be blessed because you got to serve. So I just wanted to provide easy meals that are somewhat healthy and just bring community and connection. I love that. So my favorite cookbooks are Kristen Cavallari's like true comfort and true roots Yeah, because they, she sneaks stuff in like that. She has these zucchini almond blondies that you cannot taste the zucchini. So my kids eat like a whole pan and I'm like, there's your veggies for the day. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So I love that. And she kind of like tells stories behind like how she's cook these things for her family. And so it's just really sweet. I love that. So where I'm sure people can get, by the time this comes out, your book is out. So people can get satisfied wherever they get books. I'm sure. Where can we keep up with you and your family? Yeah. So you can mostly find me on Instagram, Alyssa Joy Becky. I like just pulled up Facebook again because of the launch, like needing to be more. Yeah. I haven't been on here in like five years. So mostly Instagram, we run family teams. You can go to familyteams.com. And we also have a Yippie show with our family, which is kind of fun. So if you have yeah. little kids and you want to feel like you're in Hawaii, you can. Yeah, <laughs> that's so awesome. That's so fun. And we'll link to all of that in the show descriptions. Also, thank you so much. This was such a fun conversation. Well, thanks so much for having me today. It was so fun. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week.